1: Welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we tune your brain with weird and wonderful science. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, you'll hear about the connections between musical tastes and moral preferences. But first, here's news of love song blindness. all don't need another love song. Music can take on many forms in cultures across the globe, but Yale University researchers have found that if you don't know the song, and you don't know the language, and it's not your culture, then you can still pretty much always recognise what kind of song it is, whether it's dance music, lullabies, healing music, but not so well if it's a love song. Yale researchers played random 14 second snippets of vocals from a bank of 118 songs that originated from 86 societies to more than 6,000 people from 49 countries. The research team included subjects not only from the industrialised world, but more than 100 individuals who live in three small, relatively isolated groups of no more than 100. People came from every continent all over the world. They asked the listeners to rank the likelihood of each sample as being one of four music types. Dance, lullabies, healing music, or love music. This experiment was performed in 31 languages. The researchers found that regardless of the language used in the survey, people from all cultures could easily identify dance music, lullabies, and to a lesser extent, Even music created to heal. Recognition of what the researchers identified as love songs, however, was identified less than half the time. When they analysed responses based on language groupings, they found that 27 of the 28 groups correctly rated dance songs as more appropriate for dancing than other songs. All 28 of the groups were able to identify lullabies. But only 12 of the 28 groups we able to identify love songs. What's love got to do with it? Why are expressions of love so hard to identify outside your own culture? Lead author Lydia Yardam suggests, One reason for this could be that love songs may be a particularly fuzzy category that includes songs that express happiness and attraction, but also sadness and jealousy. Listeners who heard love songs from neighbouring countries and in languages related to their own, actually did a little better, likely because of the familiar linguistic and cultural clues. Other than love songs, the authors discovered that listeners' ratings were largely accurate, consistent with one another, and not explained by their linguistic or geographical proximity to the singer, showing that musical diversity is underlain by universal psychological phenomena. The researchers cite an earlier paper that showed that babies relaxed in response to lullabies from any culture. The Yale researchers have made available online all of the 14-second snippets of the songs that they used, along with a spreadsheet of which song is which and from where. So let's try a little experiment of our own. Can you tell whether this is a song to dance to? A lullaby? A song for healing the sick, or is it a love song? That was dance music from the Iwi culture, recorded in Anlo, Athia Den Yigba, in the Volta region of Ghana. How'd you go? How about this song? Dancing, Lullaby, Healing, or
2: Love?
1: That was a love song from the Nahua culture, recorded in Morelos and Guerrero in Mexico. Next, is this for dancing, lullaby, healing, or love? It's a lullaby from the Guarani culture recorded in Alto Isagog in Bolivia. And finally, That was, of course, a healing song from the Lardell culture from Mornington Island in Queensland, Australia. The paper was titled Universal Interpretations of Vocal Music and was published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Musical maths mastery? Children do better at mathematics when music is a key part of their lessons. This is the finding of Dr. Asa Akin, from the Department of Software Engineering, Antalya Belek University in Turkey, Dr Aiken conducted a meta-analysis of 55 studies from around the world conducted over 50 years, involving almost 78,000 young people from kindergarten pupils to university students. Techniques for integrating music into mathematics lessons range from clapping to pieces with different rhythms when learning numbers and fractions, to using maths to design musical instruments. Previous research has shown that children who are better at music also do better at maths. But could teaching music to children actually improve their maths? Three types of musical intervention were included in the meta-analysis. Standardised musical interventions, which is typical music lessons in which children sing and listen to and compose music. Instrumental music interventions, which are lessons in which children learn how to play instruments, either individually or as part of a band. And music-maths-integrated interventions, where music is integrated into the maths lessons. Students took maths tests before and after taking part in the intervention, and the change in their scores was compared with that of students who didn't take part in an intervention. The use of music, whether in separate lessons or as part of maths classes, was associated with greater improvement in maths over time. The integrated lessons had the biggest effect, with around 73% of students who had integrated lessons doing significantly better than children who didn't have any type of musical intervention. Some 69% of students who learned how to play instruments and 58% of students who had normal music lessons improved more than pupils with no musical intervention. The results also show that music helps more with learning arithmetic than other types of maths, and has a bigger impact on younger pupils and those learning more basic mathematical concepts. Dr Aiken points out that maths and music both require abstract thought and quantitative reasoning. In her discussion... Dr. Aiken says that arithmetic may lend itself particularly well to being taught through music because core concepts such as fractions and ratios are also fundamental to music. For example, musical notes of different lengths can be represented as fractions and added together to create several bars of music. Integrated lessons may be especially effective because they allow pupils to build connections between the mathematics and the music, and provide extra opportunities to explore, interpret, and understand maths. If integrated maths lessons are more enjoyable than traditional maths lessons, students will have less mathematics anxiety. Some of the limitations of this meta-analysis are that there were only a relatively small number of studies available for Inclusion so it wasn't possible to look at the effect of other factors, such as gender, socioeconomic status, and length of musical instruction on the results. Dr. Aiken concludes that while musical instruction overall has a small to moderate effect on achievement in maths, integrated lessons have a large impact. She adds in the paper, encouraging mathematics and music teachers to plan lessons together could help ease students' anxiety about mathematics while also boosting mathematical achievement. Who knows, it might even be more fun. The paper was titled, Let Me Make Mathematics and Music Together, A Meta-Analysis of the Causal Role of Music Interventions on Mathematics Achievement and was published in the journal Educational Studies. Listening to Wind Wolf on Diffusion Science Radio. Send email to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on diffusionradio.com. In the key of C, vibrations begin. Notes, dance, and concord, the music within. Sound waves ripple, a symphony's birth. Scientific marvel, the power of
0: mirth.
2: All oh, the science of music and art and defeat. Melodies and rhythms, a language so sweet. From pitch to
1: tempo, emotions set free. The science of music, it captivates me. Music morality. Young people these days don't have any morals and listen to awful music. Also say elderly people every generation. Researchers at Queen Mary University of London in England and ISI Foundation in Turin, Italy claim to have found a statistical connection between people's musical preferences and their moral values. This was done by labelling and analysing the emotions expressed in the lyrics and in the audio itself. The authors say in the introduction to the paper, personality alone may not fully explain our music preferences and listening habits. While personal values are inherent motivational goals, moral values mirror traits, opinions and judgments formed under the influence of society, culture, upbringing, and religion, which bring people together in groups. On the other hand, music has been considered a mechanism for fostering social relationships and bonding. Thus, people may enjoy specific types of music because they provide stimuli that match their morality-related needs. The two main questions we pose for this study are, to what extent are moral values reflected in the acoustical and lyrical content of one's favourite songs? Which musical characteristics, lyrics versus audio, are more impactful for moral inferences? The data came from the likeyouth.org project, where over 1,400 participants agreed to fill out psychometric surveys and share their Facebook page likes. The researchers established a moral score from the survey questions. The team recorded the artists that people gave the most likes to on Facebook and then assigned the top five most popular songs of these artists as the preferred songs of those people. I think that may leave out people's actual preferences for songs that weren't in the top five songs released by musicians, which could skew the results. Once the researchers assigned people the top five songs of their most liked musicians on Facebook, they started analysing the lyrics and the instrumentals of each song. They used machine learning text analysis tools to identify each song's lyrics' narrative, moral positiveness or negativeness, attitude, and emotions. They did not use ChatGPT. They specifically used a tool called VEDA. Valence Aware... Dictionary and Sentiment Reasoner. Valence Aware Dictionary and Sentiment Reasoner. To acquire information about the sentiment of the lyrics of each song, the VEDA model analyzes long and short texts and assigns positive, neutral and negative sentiment scores. They also use the Canadian National Research Council Word Emotion Association Lexicon to evaluate the eight basic emotions of each song's lyrics. Anger joy, sadness, fear, trust, anticipation, surprise, and disgust by averaging the word-emotion association scores. From Spotify, they extracted audio information about a song's general music form, context, and mood. Energy, perception of intensity and activity in a track, danceability, how suitable the track is for dancing, valence, the probability that the track conveys positiveness, tempo, pace of the track in beats per minute, the key the track is in, its mode, a major or minor, the average loudness of the track in decibels, instrumentalness, the chance that the track doesn't contain any vocals, speechiness, the presence of spoken words, acousticness, the probability that a track is acoustic, and liveness, the probability that the track was performed live. Musical timbre is broadly thought as any property other than pitch, duration and loudness that allows you to tell two tones apart. The musical pitch gives listeners the cues not only for the genre and style of a song, but also its mood and emotion. Pitch information refers to a song's melodic and harmonic structure, which provides a cue for emotions expressed in or elicited by the music. From Spotify, they extracted information that allowed the researchers to assign 48 values for tomba and another 48 for Pitch, for every song. For the moral scores, the team used moral foundations theory, which describes psychological ground of morality in terms of five foundations. Care-harm, fairness-cheating, loyalty-betrayal, authority-subversion, and purity-degradation. These can further collapse into individualising – care and fairness – indicative of a more liberal, progressive perspective, and binding – purity, authority, and loyalty – indicative of a more conservative outlook. The researchers found that a preference for musical elements like pitch and timbre effectively predicted people having strongest values of care and fairness, while a preference for sentiments and emotions expressed in lyrics were more effective in predicting traits of loyalty loyalty. Authority and purity. The people concerned more about loyalty, authority and purity, binding or in group, tended to choose artists whose song lyrics talk about fairness, sanctity and love. Also, individuals with strong in group values tend to prefer artists whose lyrics have positive sentiments and talk about dominance. This is intelligible as individuals who value binding and their social groups tend to engage in group activities such as sports, religious events, and political gatherings, which often make use of music to promote messages of power, unity, and victory. For example, sports chants, church choirs, and so on. On the other hand, participants with high binding scores tend to dislike songs with negative valence, violent narratives, and songs that resonate with sadness, fear, and disgust. When it comes to musical preferences, researchers found that those who prioritize values like loyalty, authority, and purity tend to like songs that are danceable, loud, and have positive sounds. On the other hand, those who emphasize values related to individuality prefer artists whose songs are smooth, acoustic, and have less dynamic sounds the study found that individuals with loyalty-focused values had stronger connections between certain audio characteristics, like timbre and pitch. Meanwhile, those with individuality-focused values had stronger associations with specific musical elements, like pitch classes. An example might be a low and high C. They're in the same class of pitches of C. For loyalty-focused values, there were mostly positive connections with tomba dimensions, except for some specific tomba aspects associated with hard rock, metal, indie, pop and electronic music. They didn't like them. This suggests that individuals valuing loyalty, authority and purity might lean towards artists with more conventional and rhythmic songs, while disliking those with rebellious, loud and distorted tunes. The authors of the paper say, by understanding this connection, we can open up new avenues for music-based interventions that promote positive moral development. Our breakthrough can pave the way for applications ranging from personalised music experiences to innovative music therapy and communication campaigns. What could possibly go wrong? The researchers discuss in their paper that it would be valuable for future studies to explore how people's moral beliefs connect with their music preferences, especially when considering different cultures. They point out that Jonathan Haidt, in his book The Righteous Mind, points out that American Republicans seem to grasp moral psychology very well, effectively using moral rhetoric in political campaigns by triggering the full range of intuitions described by the five moral foundation theory traits. Like American Democrats, they can talk about innocent people and fairness, but they put more emphasis on resonating with the virtues of loyalty, authority, and purity. In contrast, American Democrats only focus on the ethics of empathy and equality. The Democrats failed to address loyalty, authority, and purity at all, missing the opportunity to persuade many people. This insight may guide future research into the role of music in influencing people socially and politically. And the research may guide how to better use music for social and political persuasion. Typically, music recommendation software relies on historical user data and consumption patterns, but leave out our psychological and emotional states. The researchers suggest that insights from this study could be integrated into online recommendation systems, not just for music, but also for other forms of media. To me, this sounds a little personal and manipulative. The authors conclude that we need to be cautious about the ethical implications when artificial intelligence and machine learning systems are used to predict demographics, psychological traits and music preferences. While these technologies can be beneficial for social and political campaigns and online recommendation systems, there's a risk of misuse for manipulative purposes. To address this, they suggest that researchers and AI engineers should establish ethical guidelines for these systems. Users should have a clear understanding of how their data will be used, empowering them to decide whether they want to engage with these systems. The authors say that studies like this can contribute to raising awareness and educating the public about the potential capabilities and risks of AI machine learning models based on user behavior. The paper was titled, Soundscapes of Morality, Linking Music Preferences and Moral Values Through Lyrics and Audio, and was published in the journal Public Library of Science, One.
0: Someday when Papa photographs Junior he may use a small TV camera and electronic photography. His full color or black and white pictures will be recorded on a home video tape recorder. You play them back immediately without any processing or development through his regular television set. What do you wear to answer the phone? What difference does it make? None today, but tomorrow, if Videophone comes, as well it might, then the world has found itself another problem. In another field, music can now be produced entirely by electronics. No known instruments are involved. Coded information is punched out. An electronic music synthesizer does the rest. This is music with a strictly electronic beat. Bringing us together
1: Sound waves he'll Make our hearts feel better You can now buy Diffusion Science Radio merch From DiffusionScience.etsy.com
2: And that's all from us this week On Diffusion Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please subscribe to the Diffusion Science Radio channel on youtube.com slash C slash Diffusion Radio and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolfe. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8 C in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2XXFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in northeast Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website www.diffusionradio.com That's www.diffusionradio.com and check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com where the shows are labelled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf or Join my patrons at patreon.com slash Diffusion Radio. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio.
0: Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate.